Genesis 24 and verse number uh, 58. Genesis 24 and verse number 58. The Bible said, And they called Rebekah and said unto her, Wilt thou go with this man? And she said, I will go. Genesis 24 is a wonderful story about a wonderful father who has sent a wonderful servant into a far country to get a wonderful bride so that he might bring her back to his wonderful son so there could be a wonderful wedding. It reminds me of the truth of the scriptures in Revelation 21 verse 9, Come hither, I will show thee the bride, the lamb's wife. I believe one of these days there will be a wonderful wedding in the sky and we're going to be a part of that wedding. When I thought about the wedding here in Genesis 24, I thought about my own marriage and then those that I have performed and been a part of, I realized that uh, there were a lot of preparations that had to take place before a wedding could happen. I, ha I have noticed some things in this chapter that transpired in preparation for the wedding that took here. And of course, I'm making application to the wedding that will take place between the bride and the groom one of these days. But one of the things I want to point out to you this morning is what I might call mind matters. Now, anytime that one of you preachers have performed a wedding, you have had the vows that have been put in there. The reason those vows are put in there is, is so that it could be a testimony to you and everyone else there that both of these parties are are of the same mind. They are willing in this matter of, of marriage. I never have asked the question. I Probably uh, uh, if, if the couples were honest at times, they may have said it this way, but I've never said, uh, will you? And they said, well, I'm, you know, I'm thinking about it, maybe. Uh, at that point in time, their mind has to be made up. They have been introduced. The matching matters have been uh, taken place and they have been acquainted. Now it is time to ask the question, will you marry me or will you take this man or will you take this woman? Is your mind made up in the matter? Back many years ago when I was in Bible college, there was a young man there who uh, had fallen in love with a young lady from Bob Jones University and, and uh, had decided that he was going to marry her. I mean, he was just totally decided on it. And he would call her every other day or when he could get a hold of her and he would tell her, I'm going to marry you. Well, it never did transpire. She married somebody else. But you know why she did? Her mind was never made up. Now, his mind may have been, but uh, hers was never made up. One fellow said, I've got half a mind to get married. Another fellow said, that's about all it takes. <laughs> <laughs> but certainly our minds must be made up. If there is going to be any kind of a wedding that is going to take place. Now, there are four minds that I want to point out to you that I find in this text that are made up. This is the reason why the wedding uh, takes place and transpires. First of all, I want to point out to you in the earlier verses that I read yesterday what I call the Father's mind. The Father's mind 
is made up. The scripture tells us in verse 1, Abraham was old, well stricken in age. The Lord had blessed him in all things. Abraham said unto his elder servant of his house that ruled over all that he had, Put, I pray thee, thy hand under my thigh. And I will make thee swear by the Lord, the God of heaven, the God of the earth, that thou shalt not take a wife unto my son of the daughters of the Canaanites among whom I dwell. But thou shalt go unto my country, to my kindred, and take a wife unto my son Isaac. And the servant said to him, Peradventure the woman will not be willing to follow me unto this land. Must I needs bring thy son again unto the land from which thou camest? And Abraham said unto him, Beware that thou bring not my son thither again. Now Abraham's mind is made up concerning some things in relationship to this uh, wedding or to this marriage. His mind is made up as to the time of this wedding. The scripture tells us in chapter number 25 that at the time of this wedding that, that uh, Isaac is 40 years old. Now the question might be asked, why not 20 years old? Why is it that at, at 40 years of age that Abraham, who is an old man, uh, why is it that at this point in time that he decides fully that there's going to be a wedding? Well, I want to say to you, I don't understand and I don't know why he chose that time, but it's none of my business. It's the Father's time that counts. And I want to say to you, I don't know, of course, when the Lord's going to come. I don't know when all of the prophecies are going to transpire. I am a poor prophecy preacher and teacher because I don't know much about the future. I just know it's going to happen, but it's going to happen on time. Our Father is the author of time as he brought it into existence. He has altered time, he has entered time, and, and there'll come a time when he will end time, but time is in his hands. He controls everything as he, as he works it into motion and out of motion. He is, he is the Father. He is Father time. He is over all time. And it is in His time, for whatever reason, that He says, it's time now, we're going to have a wedding. It's time for a wedding. Now, everybody's all hyped up about Y2K and what's going to happen. You know, it hadn't been mentioned this week until I <laughs> just now mentioned it. But, uh, you know, if we were half as concerned about the coming of the Lord as we was Y2K, we'd be in good shape, really. But I say to you, it was at the Father's time, his mind was made up. He said, now's the time. You're just not, you're not going to change my mind on it. His mind was made up also concerning the place. He said, there, there's going to be a wedding, but the wedding will take place here and it'll take place only here. And, of course, the servant said, well, what about it? He said, well, that's, you know, but we're not going to have a wedding anywhere else. The place of the wedding is going to transpire here. Which leads me to say we need not drive our stakes too, too deep in this world. The Father has a wedding, but it's planned in the sky, thank God. His mind is made up not only as to the time and the place, but his mind is made up as to the agent or the one who's going to carry out the purposes and plans that he has in mind of bringing a bride 
to his son. And of course he calls the servant, and the Bible said this servant is over all that belongs to the father. And he says to the servant, I want you. He doesn't call a committee. He doesn't call a group. He doesn't select several, but he calls one. And he says to him, it is it lies within your responsibilities to go into the far country and to get a bride. Now, if you go into the far country and you find several looking for a bride, I want to say to you they're counterfeits. Not everybody can invite to be a bride. You understand what I'm saying? There is one who is, and only one, who is qualified to do so. He has been authorized by the Father. He is the only one that has the stamp of the approval to invite a bride. I don't have to preach long and hard on that. You know what I'm saying? You don't have that ability. I don't have that ability. The Holy Ghost is the one who is putting together the church... And he and only he can invite a sinner into the kingdom. We have no power within ourselves to do so. Did you do it? And only you can do it. And I'm glad this morning that it's not my responsibility as a preacher to go across this country and try to save sinners. It's my responsibility to proclaim the story. And the Holy Ghost is the one who prepares the hearts and saves the sinner. He is the only one that is authorized and qualified. And there's no need for you negotiating about it or no need for you arguing about it. The Father's mind's made up. And when Daddy's mind's made up, that's it. It's over. But his mind must be made up. Now, the second mind I want to point out to you as I move along is in, in this thing of marriage, not only is the father's mind made up, and that's important, but the servant's mind is made up. The servant's mind is made up. Notice with me in uh, verse number 10. The Bible said, And the servant took ten camels of the camels of his master and departed. For all the goods of his masters were in his hand, and he arose, and he went unto Mesopotamia. Verse 11, He made his camels to kneel down without the city by the well of water at the time of even, even the time and when women go... Well, let's, just, let's look at these verses as we, as we go down through them. This servant, as he is... Uh, authorized to go and bring forth a bride, to bring a bride back to Isaac. He doesn't go haphazardly. He doesn't just plunge out on a big journey to get this bride and, and uh, he's going to get there and, and you, know, just in it, you know, just get it and let's get this thing over with and get her back home. But this, this servant, his mind also is made up. He is the one that is sent. And, and in his mind, he, he is already settled as to, the, as to the working of the bride, bringing the bride home. You see, I notice in verse number 10 that the, that the servant's mind is made up, 
because first of all, he knows what it takes. Now, nobody else knows what it takes, but he does. The Bible said, now, the master, the father, has many camels, but he takes ten camels. And certainly many other things. And you say, well, why does he do that? Because his mind is made up as to what it takes. He's going across a desert. He doesn't need donkeys and things of that nature, horses, but he needs camels. His mind is made up in this matter. He knows what it takes. You know, uh, I probably shouldn't even be messing around with this this morning, but these uh, soul-winning uh, conferences, and in, all, they, all, they, tell, all, they tell you everybody how to do the same thing the same way. You know. Now when you go out and you knock on that door, here, this is what you do first, and this is what you do second, and this is what you do third. Well, how do you know what to do? You're not authorized nor qualified. Only the Holy Ghost knows what it takes to reach a sinner's heart. He knows whether to take camels or horses or whatever, but he'll have what it takes to get the sinner. We get under all this pressure. Am I going to say the right thing? Am I going to do the right thing? Don't worry about it. He knows what it takes. <laughs> One old fellow I ran into, and he lives in a little old shanty there in the mountains up a holler. Looks like he's going to fall over the creek any time. But boy, does he know the Lord. He stays in the home all the time because his wife had a stroke 16 years ago and takes care of it, but he, he just busts at the seams with God. He said, Preacher, I've won 36 people to the Lord in my lifetime. He's 80 years old, and that was the big thrill. 36 people. But he told me about one of them. He said, uh, I was walking the town, which was Minneapolis, an old country road. And he said there's an old-timer that lived over there that claimed that he didn't even believe in God and said the Holy Ghost said, now, I want you to stop by and visit him. He said before I got to his house, somebody come along in a vehicle and they stopped and they said, do you want to ride? And said, I got in and rode to town. He said, on another day, I felt led to go by and visit that fellow and said, I started in the town and said, somebody stopped by and said, you want a ride? And he said, I got a ride and went on into town. He said, the next time, said, the Holy Ghost got all over me. And said, I said, Lord, if an airplane comes by, I'm not going to take a ride, I'm going to stop. So he said, I stopped in there and said, he, I, I started talking to the old timer and said to him, Sir, you know, there's a heaven and there's a hell. And if you don't get saved and trust the Lord Jesus that died for you, you'll have to go to hell. And he said that old timer stopped and looked at him and said to him, Well, how do you know that? You know, when he said that to me, I thought, of all the theology that I know anything about, I would try to come up with a theological answer to that. How do you know there's a heaven? How do you know there's a hell? It's very important because this guy is asking me. <laughs> I need to be able to prove to him through 
Some means are measure. <laughs> but you know what that old fellow said he did? He said, I looked at him and I said, I don't know. But he said, you know, there's a Bible and the Bible says there's a heaven and a hell and there's a Jesus. And he said, I believe that Bible. A few weeks later, the old fellow got saved. But You see, we don't know what it takes. It may be a verse way back there in the book of First Chronicles. <laughs> He's been a sinner somewhere saved in First Chronicles. <laughs> they won't tell you that in the classes, but they are. The Holy Ghost knows what it takes. But notice in verse number 11, not only does the Holy Ghost know what it takes, but He knows where to find you. The Bible said He made His camels to kneel down without the city by the well of the water. Where's she going to go? She's coming to the well of water. He knows where to find her. Aren't you glad the Holy Ghost knew where he is at and how to get to you when everybody else had given up on you? He knows where to find you. But he also knows when to show up. What if he'd have went somewhere else? He'd have missed her completely. <laughs> yeah! I've actually heard preachers say, I, I had one preacher say, you know, said, I saw a sinner walk through the door and I changed my message. As if his changing his message was going to save the sinner. He knows where to find you. He knows what to take. But he also knows when to show up. That's important. The scripture said, at the time <laughs> when the women go out to draw water, he's traveled 700 miles and hit it right on time. <laughs> he knows when. It's amazing God's timing, isn't it? What if he'd have showed up in the morning? He'd have missed her. It had to be at the right time. Well, the Lord taught me something about that as a young Christian. I went with a preacher to Huntington, West Virginia, pass out tracts on a street corner there where he was, he was from that city. And he, he was down on another corner, and I was standing there, and a fellow came up in a well-dressed suit and uh, passed me up, and then he turned around and came back to me, and I thought, you know, as a young Christian, boy, this, this is wonderful. I mean, you know, this young... Uh, this guy must want to hear, read the track or something. So I gave him one, and he stood there at my face, and, and I, I lie you not, he tore that track up right in my face, the size, uh, each piece the size of my thumb. He got down almost to the very last piece. He had the last piece in his thumb when another fellow that was well-dressed in a three-piece suit came up also, but he stopped right between me and him. He reached inside of his coat pocket and he pulled out a wallet, he flipped it open and it had a huge badge on it. He slid it under that fellow's face like that and he said, pick it up every piece. 
I should have helped him, but I was a young Christian. I didn't, you know. But he got down at my feet. I'm telling you the truth. He got down at my feet and had to pick up every piece of that. That was timing, brother, and I'll tell you, that was timing. He knows what it takes. He knows where to find you. He knows when to show up, but he also knows what to say. He'd already prayed this prayer, and he said, Lord, when this woman comes, let her give me water, and let her also water my camels also. Notice in verse number... uh, Verse number 16, it talks about the, the damsel. And she's coming out for water. And the servant ran to meet her and said, Let me, I pray thee, drink a little water from thy pitcher. <laughs> what if he just talked about the weather? What if he just said, That's a good day, ain't it? How was the ball game today? He said the exact thing that needed to be said. He said, can I have some water out of your pitcher? She said, water? That was always on her mind. It just hit just right. She said, I'll give you water, and I'll water your camels also. The exact thing that needs to be said to bring the right thing out of her. He knows what to say. Then notice in verse number 55 and 56, he knows how long to stay. He said unto them, Hinder me not, seeing the Lord hath prospered my way. Send me away that I may go to my master. Somebody said, How long is it going to be before we get out of here? I'm going to tell you how long. When he's finished getting the bride, honey, it's over. Because he's concerned, listen to me, the Holy Ghost has no concern about anything in this world. It's all secondary other than getting a bride. That's his main concern. I say to you, his mind's made up. He's got a one-track mind. (laughs) That's getting old sinners and birthing them into the family of God. Getting a body together and getting them home and having a wedding. (laughs) He can care less about anything else. (laughs) He may not even care who's the next president. I don't know. But he's concerned about the bride. And everything else is secondary. (laughs) Don't you like that? I do. The Father's mind's made up. There's going to be a wedding in the sky. The Spirit's mind is made up. There's going to be. There's going. I said there will be a wedding in the sky. But you know, there's a third party here that's vital and important. That is Rebecca. The Father's mind's made up. The Spirit's mind's made up. But wait a minute. We got to find a bride that's willing, huh? <laughs> Look, if you will, back at our text. The Bible said, well, verse 56 we just read. He said, hinder me not, let me go. Verse 57, they said, we'll call the damsel and inquire her mouth. <laughs> I heard about an old maid that they asked her, said, why didn't, why didn't you ever marry? She said, well, I've got a dog that growls, a cat that stays out all night, and a chimney that smokes. What do I need a man for? Ha, 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 ha.
Well, you know what the problem was? Her mind was never made up. But here we have a young lady. They said, Let it, let's go ask her. Oh, heaven holds still now. The Father's ready and the Spirit's ready. Let's find out about her. <laughs> Look what she says. They called Rebecca and said to her, Wilt thou go up this man? She said, Yes! We should have left yesterday! <laughs> her mind's made up! Honey, I'm going to tell you, we can make the gospel so complex, but it's very simple. We have all the debates over all the theology and theories of theology. It's very simple. I don't care which side of the fence you're on. We can all agree on this. If you want to go, you can go. If you don't want to go, you can go. Will we all say amen to that? There ain't never been a sinner in this world that wanted to leave this old world and go to Jesus, but what it wasn't welcome. But there never was a man, woman, born girl that ever did not want to go and said no to the servant of the Spirit of God that ever was welcome in heaven. Heaven's not for folks that are going to get there and say, well, I really didn't want to come. Do you want to go? You can go. If you don't want to go, there's no place for you. You wouldn't like it no how. It's all about Isaac. It's all about his glory. You'd be bored to death. <laughs> but I want to go. <laughs> I'm a going. And I'm going to enjoy it. When they sing the old song, I'll sing with them. <laughs> when they talk about the blood, I'll shout about it. She said, I'll go. Let's go. If you predestinated or if you ain't, you want to go? You can go. <laughs> I'm glad I settled that one. Never be another debate over that one. This ain't for flippant, half hearted situations. Well, you know, I kind of like Bill, and I'll talk to him. If he don't want to marry me, I'll go. Now, you ain't going. <laughs> Honey, you can't go until your whole inner being wants to go. And you leave everything you've got in this world behind just to get a chance to go. 
Until it comes to that, honey, you wouldn't fit in anyhow. You'd be a misfit. Not me. 30 years ago, I said, oh, go. Go? I'm gone. Sounds to me like our mind's made up. <laughs> I'm glad I'm preaching to some folks. Our mind's made up. Well, then the last mind that is so vital and important, of course, is Isaac's mind. <clears throat> Did you ever, when you was a child, maybe you fell in love with this little girl in the third grade or fourth grade, you get your little daisy, and you pull them little petals off and you'd say, she loves me, she loves me not. She loves me, and you just hoping you'd end up on she loves me because if you didn't, you'd have to do it over. Yeah. <clears throat> and can't you remember even when you fell in love? I remember when I fell in love with Esther and I, I was sure she loved me, but you know, in those first few weeks and months, I'd already committed my heart to it. I mean, I was sure that's what it's supposed to be. But then these doubts would come to my mind. I wonder if she's not. wonder if she really does love me. I wonder if she's willing to go all the way. Do you ever have that feeling, you know, when you're dating? You know, Rebecca has been told all about Isaac, his glories, his beauty, his provisions, all about who he is. Can't you imagine she's riding that desert on that camel across that desert and then it hits her. And she looks at herself and, and she looks at the servant and she says, Sir, you, you think he likes brown hair? Is this, has he ever told you what color eyes please him? I'm not real tall or maybe I'm too tall. What size... What I'm trying to say is, you think he'll like me? Will he accept me? I can see the servant as he looks into her eyes and he says, Honey, you're fretting for nothing. I guarantee you he'll like you. And the scripture said he took her into Sarah's tent and he loved her. He didn't love her because of her attraction. Because the Bible says she put a veil over her face when she went to him. It wasn't her attraction. It wasn't her ability because she didn't have any she hadn't done any she hadn't baked a biscuit for him. He just loved. Aren't you glad Jesus loves the bride? He loves me and he loves you. 